Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast, episode 41. This is your host, Ben Cohen. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Uh, Mike, my friend, how are you? I'm bored, Ben. Bored. I, I mean, it's been such a slow news week. You know, when I was trying to think of things to talk about for the podcast today, the best I could do was Rana McDaniel being re-elected as Republican National Committee chair for another four years, which is kind of puzzling to me because... Under her leadership, Republicans have lost the House, the presidency, and the Senate. So if you're a Democrat, you got to feel good about that. But no, that's like the 812th most notable thing to happen since we last recorded. We all of a week ago. Yeah, all of a week ago. And in that time, uh, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, has been impeached for a second time becoming the first president ever to be impeached twice. And Ben, I want to know your thoughts on this, but I'll just say, looking back on it, 2020 was so bad that the years 2019 and 2021 saw fit to impeach Trump. But 2020 was like, no, I'm all set with that. So just just another really (laughs) awful thing about 2020 that – you know, when you when your immediate neighbors see fit to impeach the worst, arguably the worst president in the history of the United States, and you don't, it says a lot about you. So, I mean, look, I was pretty hopeful about 2021, but I have to say that the first couple of weeks of 2021 have been peak 2020, right? That, like the first, um, what was it? When, when was the insurrection? I mean, Christ, that was on January what? Um, Jan- January six, which January was January six, the first seven week. and a half years ago. Okay, so yeah, exactly. So literally six days into 2021, we had the most peak 2020 event. You know, we've had right. The insurrection was peak 2020. You know, um, I mean, right. But I think it's you know we're stuck in Trump time at the moment. We we are living under Trump. Like every day under Trump is like a year in normal human time. So we've just we literally have experienced seven years in the past in the past week. We've had seven years worth of news in in, in a week. Um, and, you know, it's just as exhausting and it's not going to stop until this guy is impeached and barred from ever taking office again, which is what they have to. I, I'm hoping they are going to do. So it was a bipartisan impeachment, which is which is uh, notable. Um, it's notable because uh, you know uh, this is breaking from the norm um, it, under Trump's tenure. It's been strictly, you know, everything has been completely partisan. It's been divided almost. The only thing that I can remember uh, any any major scandal was um, uh, Mitt Romney's vote to to impeach uh, in 2019. That was how many? Uh, that was 30 years ago in Trump time. Um, at least 30 years ago in uh, in Trump years. Um, so that was notable. You know, that was interesting that 10 Republicans um, found their testicles, uh, uh, metaphorical testicles, obviously. There was uh, women who voted for it too. Um, and I think that that was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of progress of sorts in, in, uh, in, in, in this sort of, uh, this climate that, uh, you know, Republicans are finally, finally willing to actually, you know, speak out and go on record as opposing Trump. Um, so I thought that was quite positive. Obviously we've got the Senate to, to, you know, to go through now as well. And I think that that is going to be 
an interesting one. Um, and according from what, you know, from what's been leaked to the press thus far, I think McConnell, McConnell has clearly leaked to the press that you know, he he's on board with impeachment. And then he later said, oh, well, you know, this is all speculation. So no, I'm sure he leaked it. Uh, I think he's strongly considering impeach, impeachment. The word is he's absolutely furious and he sees this as an opportunity to get rid of Trump once and for all. So, I mean, I'm putting the chances of conviction at a good, at 50%. Um, I, you know, I don't know wow. what your, you, you know, where, where you are on that, but I'm, I, I give it a 50%. And I think it's largely down to Mitch McConnell, whether Mitch McConnell decides to get on board with impeachment. If Mitch McConnell decides to, to impeach, uh, I think other Republicans will fall in line. Um, I think if he doesn't, then it's unlikely to work. So, and I put that probably at 50, 50. Um, I, I put the odds much lower than that. Uh, I could maybe envision a scenario where McConnell votes to convict. However, I don't think he's going to whip votes one way or another on this. And you don't think so? I, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to discourage anyone from voting to convict. I don't think he's going to encourage anyone. I just I don't see it. I'm you know, when I look at the list of Republican senators, I, I can't get past eight. I can't get past eight or nine voting to convict. And of course, they would need 17 once uh, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock are seated, making it 50-50. You need two-thirds, which means you need 67. And I, I, I can't even get close to 17. So I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think, uh, I think Mitch McConnell is going to crack the whip. I think that he's going to um, – I think he's probably – you know, if he decides to move this way, he will calculate that this is their one chance at getting rid of this guy for good, right? That they can actually be done with him um, on, a, on, a, on a national level by uh, basically voting voting to impeach him. He will tell his he will tell the other senators. He'll say, "Listen, we have one shot to get rid of this guy, and now's the time." Like they're all going to catch hell from Trump's you know mob anyway. Right. So it doesn't really matter what they say or do. And I think McConnell is probably smart enough to understand. I mean, he's he, he's very smart, Mitch McConnell. You know, he's not stupid. Um, and I think that he will make that calculation that, um, you know, they, they, they will not be another chance to get rid of this guy. Right. He's not going to go quietly. Right. You need to make sure that he is legally barred from ever trying to run for office again. Right. It, the risk is too great for the Republican Party to let this guy back in again. Right. If he decide, if he says he's going to run in, in um, uh, uh, 2024, you know, he can he can wreak havoc with the uh, with the primaries. You know, I don't know whether he actually would run, but he can basically hold it over the you know, the heads of any potential Republican um, and 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 make their lives an absolute misery. You know, he gets to control the narrative uh, of the GOP again and for the next four years and i think that they want to get rid of this guy i, I that's what i think uh, and i think that they're too they've been too scared to do it recently and but now they have um it they have enough um leverage and they have enough like trump's grip on the party is 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 slipping you know it isn't what it once was he's lost he's lost you know he's lost the house he's lost the senate he's lost the presidency you, you, there's not this guy is a complete loser 
right? I mean, and those Senate seats were very, very winnable. You know, they, the Republicans would still have control of the Senate if it hadn't been for Trump doing literally everything in his power to screw it up. Um, well, and I think McConnell, McConnell is going to is going to want to punish him for that. He he is a loser, but he is still popular among Republicans, and I think you're going to have too many senators who fear that primary challenge next time they're up for re-election. And I just, th- I just think that's they're so craven that yes, maybe deep down they they want to vote to convict Trump, but they also want to win their next primary. So I, I just, I don't, I have a hard time seeing it. I mean, I, I look through this list like Murkowski, uh, Collins, maybe Romney. Uh, Romney, Toomey, who's retiring, mm. um, Ben Sass, mm. Richard Burr is retiring, um, Portman in Ohio, maybe. I, I just, I, I just can't, I can't get there. I can't mm. get to seventeen. Yeah, I mean, likewise. I mean, I, I, I've looked at the list, and I, and I've, uh, you know, those names are the ones I think you can sort of. You could probably, you know, that's about as far as you can push it right now. But again, it depends on how much influence and how much um, pressure uh, Mitch McConnell exerts. And I think that, um, you know, that they're going to have, like the Senate trial is going to, you know, McConnell McConnell is going to hold his cards close to his chest. I think he's going to wait until the Senate trial plays out. He's going to see what public sentiment is. He's going to see what they uncover. Uh, uh, you know, it depends on how good the performance is from the Democrats. You know, do they how 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 much of a sort of show trial is this? Like, how effective is it in in swaying the public's opinion? And if it's if it's effective enough, if you think that if they acquit Trump on this, right, this is this looks incredibly bad for the GOP. If they if the Democrats present a compelling case that this guy effectively. Uh, incited a mob, which is what he clearly did, right? Um, that if the Republicans then vote to exonerate him, I mean that looks terrible. It looks absolutely awful, you know. And 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 I think that they are going to have to be very, very, very careful about how they vote on 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 this one. Every single senator like has to think very, very carefully, right? About and, and they can be held over their heads in the, in you know in in the next uh, in the next election, you know, in twenty twenty two. Right? Do you vote to exonerate Trump? Like when this guy clearly incited a mob and tried to overthrow the overthrow uh, Congress? I mean, it's it's absolutely uh, a sort of you you do not want that hanging around your neck in any election, particularly in in you know states that aren't deep red. So, yeah, I think um, I think that there's a fifty fifty chance. You know, that that's what I my gut says fifty fifty. I don't I could be wrong. I see your argument as well. I I don't I'm not dismissing your argument at all. I think that the logic is sound. Um I just think now the political calculation has changed that in that. Like Trump is literally of no use to them whatsoever. Ben, I never thought I'd say this. You're giving Republicans too much credit. But it's I possible. hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I really do. I hope uh, I hope enough Republicans 
find a moral compass, however late, and vote it's to not do moral. the right thing. It's not more. It's nothing to do with. I think it's got nothing to do with morality. I think it's got everything to do with with sort of long term survival of the party, uh, and and you know like the fact that Trump is no longer uh, the force he once was in Republican politics. Um, that you know they've got now they have some room. I think in 2015, 2016, when Trump kind of steamrolled the GOP. Uh, and and got everybody behind him and and um then won in 2016 won in november i think that the party then uh there was far less incentive for them to stand up to trump you know he just won an election right um he smashed everybody in the primaries right and and in in the gop primary and then won in the in the general election and i think that you know, the calculus back then is very different than the calculus right now. The calculus right now has to be, you know, it has to be about their own survival, right? Without Trump. What does a post-Republican, what does a post-Trump Republican party look like? And, and they cannot survive any longer with this guy still looming around, ranting and raving. But that's assuming they have the best interests of the party in mind long term. I think their thinking is is much shorter than that. I again, I think it comes to their own personal calculation as to what courses of action they need to take or not take to win the next election. I don't think any I, I think very few people in the Republican Party in positions of leadership are really prioritizing the long-term viability of the GOP. And and I would say, like, you know, we like Trump becoming their leader is evidence of that. But I I, I just think way too many of them are just thinking short term. McConnell, maybe, like McConnell. Like he likes being Senate majority leader. He likes getting his judges. He doesn't like Trump. He hasn't spoken with the president since like mid-December or something like that. But he's what, 78 years old? Is he just won another term? Is he really and and that's what you can say to your point. Like maybe McConnell does. Maybe he starts thinking about his legacy and maybe he does try to whip some votes to convict because he doesn't plan on running again in 2026, or maybe he will. Who knows? I don't know. I just think you're going to need, I, I think too many senators are in the primes of their political careers on the Republican side where they're just going to have to, you know, they're, even if they think Trump did something convictable, they're going to vote to acquit. Hey, okay, here's a question just before we move on. Here's a question, right? Under what circumstances do you advocate a pardon? coming from Joe Biden. Let's say he's convicted, right, uh, by, by the Senate. Um, in what circumstances do you advocate Joe Biden saying, you know what, you get a full pardon? Uh, a pardon? This guy doesn't deserve a pardon. I mean, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. I, what do you think, Ben? So I wrote a little list on Twitter. Uh, I, I wrote a little... Uh, sort of um, checklist of what he would have to do. Um, I was interested in getting your opinion. This is, here's what I come up with. So, um, Biden should offer Trump a full pardon on the following conditions. Then there are four of them. Okay. Firstly, apologize for inciting an insurrection. Second, admit he lost the election. Three, apologize for lying about losing the election. 
four, leave the country. Uh, and then I just wrote, actually, no, let the fucker rot. So, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I say, uh, yeah, just to, under no circumstances should this guy get a pardon. And I really genuinely do hope that, that that's not being considered by by uh, Biden. I mean, you know, and it's a, I think it's a very, very different situation, right, from the, the sort of Nixon-Ford uh, you know when 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 um, Nixon was pardoned, um, and I think that the calculation ha- it's got to be different because um, Nixon and Trump are in completely sort of different. Basically, the crimes are not in the are not remotely similar or, or comparable. So I think that you know what Trump did was completely unforgivable, completely unforgivable. And and the thing is is that the insurrection. The, the the rioting on Capitol Hill was just one, I mean, that's just one crime of many that this guy committed. I mean, he's the most openly, he was the most openly corrupt um, uh, president or politician that I've, I've ever, at least, at least in any Western democracy. I mean, just stunning corruption out in the open. And he happened, you know, the, the insurrection was, 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 for some reason, you know, people thought that was it was too much. It was it was more brazen. It was more sort of um, you, you couldn't really hide hide it, right? You couldn't kind of lie your way out of that one. I mean, everybody saw what happened. Um, it wasn't like the Ukraine scandal, um, but you know, this is just one one thing that Trump should have been impeached for. So yeah, I don't think that Biden should should pardon him at all i think that biden should uh should let the guy rot you know i think he shouldn't have any you know he shouldn't get secret service protection he certainly shouldn't get any government pension and and basically if you look at what's happening with trump's businesses uh he might need that money you know he he's losing money everywhere like was it deutsche bank won't do business with them anymore um, his golf courses are all failing. Um, you know, uh, Trump is in serious trouble now because of this, that other businesses don't want anything to do with him. Right. He's, he's screwed his own brand. He screwed his own leg. He screwed his legacy and he screwed his brand badly. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's the one thing that makes me incredibly happy is this guy's life after his presidency is going to be pretty fucking miserable. He needs to be reputationally destroyed, and he's done a lot of work on that front uh, himself. And now I think, you know, like you said, and also the PGA was supposed to have a tournament, I think, next year at one of his golf properties. They're pulling out now. And that's a good start. That's a good start. I think companies need to – obviously, this is way too late – and they didn't want to do anything like this when, you know, Trump had a chance of being reelected. But now that he's been kicked to the curb by voters, now that he has incited this insurrection, a lot of companies want nothing to do with him. You know, it's it's very bad for your brand in decent society to be associating with this guy uh, or members of his inner circle. And we've seen... Several articles come out saying how people in the Trump administration are having a hard time finding work 
with reputable companies just because of what their resume says in between hey, hey. years 2017 and 2021. And as they should, they should have a hard time finding work. Kaylee McEnany should not be hired by anyone. She should have a hard time finding her next job. She should have a hard time finding a living because she was the face of the lie factory for what a year, two years, however long she's been there. Sarah Huckabee Sanders too. I mean, they'll get jobs. Of course they'll get jobs at Newsmax or OAM. Newsmax will be, they'll be gobbling up these fucking lunatics. That's absolutely, that's, that's for sure. But yeah, in any just world, they wouldn't be getting, they won't get any employment from a sort of anybody reputable. Um, Can we talk about something good? Yes. Joe Biden's stimulus plan. Yes. Which I am quite happy about. Republicans are not. But this is a and honestly, if you had told me that uh, if you had showed if if you showed me this stimulus plan and said this came from Bernie Sanders, I would have said, well, yeah, that makes sense. Biden's plan is very robust. And we first got a hint of this a little while ago when the incoming Biden administration indicated that it would not be restrained by bad faith appeals from Republicans about budget deficits and the national debt, because this is what Republicans love to do. They love to have big tax cuts and wars, and they love to blow a hole in in the deficit uh, when they're when they're in power, but when a Democrat comes in, it's like, oh, now we need fiscal austerity. Now it's time to rein things in, and they're not serious about this. They never have been. But Biden's plan it is a 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief plan that he says is just the first step. So here's what's included: a direct payment of 1,400 dollars to most Americans. That's in addition to the 600. That was approved late last year. So that brings the total stimulus check to $2,000. Increase the federal per week unemployment benefit to $400 and extending it through the end of September. Increase the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour. Extend the eviction and foreclosure moratoriums until the end of September. billion in state and local government aid, which Republicans absolutely hate. They do not want any more aid to state and local governments because they frankly don't believe in government. $170 billion for K-12 schools and institutions of higher education. $15 billion toward COVID-19 testing. $20 billion toward a national vaccine program in partnership with states, localities, and tribes. And... Make the child tax credit fully refundable for the year and increasing the credit to $3,000 per child and $3,600 per child under the age of six. That's a quick little summary from CNBC. So that is an extremely robust plan. Republicans will scream bloody murder about spending and the national debt, and they already are. Rick Scott of Florida. He's not happy about it. Pat Toomey, who 
is one of the senators I mentioned who's retiring. He's now criticizing. He said, blasting out another $2 trillion in borrowed or printed money when the ink on December's $1 trillion aid bill is barely dry and much of the money is not yet spent would be a colossal waste and economically harmful. I, I don't get it. Just vote for this bill, retire, and fuck off. Like, people need help. Just what do you care? You're thinking about convicting the president. Like, you don't owe the Republican Party anything anymore. I, I don't understand. But good on Biden for proposing this very rigorous plan. Yes, I think it's a, it's an extremely good plan. You know, I and I think that there is a good chance that it passes. Uh, I There are the only sentence I'm worried about is uh, Joe Manchin in, in West Virginia. That's the one I'm concerned about. You know, I mean, he's, I guess he's, a, I mean, he's a Democrat, sort of. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, he's a Democrat, but he's from West Virginia. So, and I think he's made, he's certainly um, put it out there that he's not happy about this stimulus. Which, by the way, is the poorest state in the union. Or, right. Or one of the two or three poorest states in the union. So, and, and I understand that Manchin probably is looking forward to flexing his muscle in the Senate because obviously it's 50-50. He's on the conservative side of the spectrum when it comes to Democrats. But I don't think this is the vote. This isn't the vote to flex it. Just, just to prove this thing. And I'll tell you what else. Like, Even if Manchin opposes this, it's conceivable you get a Republican or two to vote for this because they're in states that they're, they're, they're hurting. They're hurting, and and they recognize it, and they'd be willing to sign up for this. Yeah, and I and I think uh, you know you might even get somebody like Lindsey Graham on on board with this. L- Lindsey Graham is that conniving. He's that much of a slippery eel, right? That he would do something like that, right? Like L- Lindsey Graham, I think is is sort of he's in this weird transitional moment right where he's trying to sort of um play nice with all the trump lunatics uh but then set himself up for a new sort of political reality where joe biden is president and he's going to have to kind of you know he he can't be quite as partisan as as he has been uh in in the past and i think that he's going to want to try to make nice with biden somewhat right going forward and he's going to want to get something for um you know south carolinans so even somebody like like Lindsey Graham might he might see the benefit in voting for something like that. So, you know, maybe they don't need Joe Manchin. I don't know. It, it, it's it'll be interesting to see kind of what what happens uh, going forward. But I think you know a, a, there's a, there seems to be a pretty significant chance that it's going to get passed. And and yeah, I'm sure it's going to get chopped up. And I think things are going to get added and taken away and whatnot. But the the it seems like you know I agree. It's 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 good. And I'm I you know. I think it's a sign that that um, you know Biden is is he's a lot more um, inclined to be an economic sort of you know he's he's inclined to go left right um, I think that's been his lesson as well from the last sort of four years of Trump uh, that you can actually get you can actually do quite left wing economic policies in in, in America and. You know, um, I think all, all the sort of opposition to it from Republicans and the banging on about the deficit, nobody gives a shit. 
Nobody gives a shit about the deficit. People don't care. They, people are quite happy to tax corporations more, and they're quite happy to tax rich people more. I mean, the tax cuts that Trump passed were incredibly unpopular. Tax cuts for millionaires and billionaires are not popular in America. Um, so I think that, you know, uh, Biden is, is um, we're going to see, you know, he's pro-union. He's not, look, he's no Bernie Sanders. It's not going to be, uh, we're not going to, you know, we're not having a kind of um, a new era of democratic socialism in, in, in the United States, but it will be something, you know. And uh, I think his, you know, the healthcare stuff, there's a lot that Biden can do as well um, in um, economically um, moving forward. And he doesn't necessarily need, he doesn't need a sort of um, a huge majority in the Senate to, to get a lot of this stuff done. Right, this budget reconciliation that he can jam in a whole raft of things in budget reconciliation uh, that will be massively helpful, um, you, you know, uh, to, to the public. Um, so, you know, lowering the age of Medicare, uh, expanding Medicaid. There's so many things that he can do in that way. So, I th- I think the next sort of six months, um, you're going to see some very very bold action. From, from the Biden administration. And I think it's going to be, you know, I think a lot of people's lives are going to get a lot better. Yeah, it's been pretty goddamn awful for the past four years. Trump's done absolutely everything in his power to make people's lives in absolute misery, along with Republicans. Um, but, you know, now I think Biden has a lot of um, political capital that he can spend. Certainly. And to those who are hand-wringing about the deficit and spending Shut the this, fuck up. on this pandemic relief bill. You know why this bill is being proposed? Because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. More people are dying now each day in the United States than they have been at any other point during the pandemic. Businesses have been shuttered or severely restricted People are out of work. They're unemployed. They're underemployed. People, they need rent money. They're worried about getting evicted. Hence the eviction moratorium being extended that's being proposed in this bill. We cannot act like it's just normal times. Like this is just some, you know, $1.9 trillion infrastructure bill that we felt like doing just because. Which, by the way, we should do that also. But To act like this bill is being proposed just because Joe Biden felt like it and not because the country desperately needs it is patently ridiculous. And this this administration – and I've said it before on this show. I have no idea why Donald Trump was not all over Mitch McConnell last summer about getting a stack in – a second stimulus bill passed. I really have no idea because that would have been a, the right thing to do, but more importantly for Trump be politically smart. It would have been the right move, but for some reason he just didn't want to focus on it. And he wanted to pretend that like the pandemic was, was going away. And I guess if he was pushing for new legislation, it would be a tacit admission that the pandemic was still very much raging. So Anyway, I, I just find it absolutely remarkable that Republicans want to play this game and they want to pretend that like states and localities don't need serious help, that 
renters don't need serious help, that, you know, frontline workers don't need serious help. And, and, and just most of the country needs serious help at this point. So should we talk about um, the fact that a few cops and uh, military veterans have been um, arrested as part of the uh, attempted insurrection in the Capitol? I mean, it's so depressing, right? It's so depressing. That, but, is it, uh, but is it surprising? It, yeah, it, I, this, is, this is why I say depressing, because it's not surprising. You just, you just sort of, you know, everybody sort of knows that the uh, the, the pol- police in America are the systemic racism in in the police um, in, in the United States throughout all the police departments. Systemic racism that hasn't been rooted out. Um, that that you know, there's lots of policemen with links to virulent white nationalism. It, it's uh, unfortunately sort of this was, you know, most of the police within the the New York Police Union, the NYPD. Um, uh, union endorsed Trump. Yes. The two biggest NYPD unions endorsed Trump. Yeah. What does that tell you about, about the police in America? I mean, I look, I'm not saying this about all policemen, you know, um, I think, you know, I live in Washington DC and, uh, I've largely had positive interactions with the police, many of whom are African American, many of whom are doing a very difficult job. And, you know, I, I get it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's not a job I'd ever want. I've tried, you know, I teach martial arts. Um, I've had lots of cops coming into my class. I've taught people in the LAPD, you know, a lot of good people. So this is not, I'm not like knee, knee jerk anti-cop at all, but I will say that it, it's pretty clear that the U S has a very, very serious problem with their police forces. And like, if this doesn't cause a sort of a, um, a raising of of uh, uh, police forces across the country. I think it's going to be it, it'd be an absolute tragedy, right? The fact that this could be allowed to happen in Washington D.C., right? The fact that you've got this—if it's bad—if it's like that in Washington D.C., where there are cops colluding with people trying to overthrow the U.S. government, you know, white nationalist movement trying to overthrow the government in Washington, D.C. Imagine what it's going to be like in, let's say, Alabama or let's say, you know, uh, Minnesota, right? Not going to be great. Not at all. And we had uh, two Virginia police officers who have been arrested now. And by the way, the uh, the the feds are just on an indictment spree because they, for the last uh, – you know, week plus, they have been, I mean, they've got thousands, thousands of pieces of video and film that they have been sifting through. And boy, they are really finding, they're busting almost everyone and anyone. You know, the guy who stole the lectern, the guy who had his feet on Pelosi's desk. There was an active duty Army Special Forces officer who is now under investigation for appearing in the Capitol grounds that day. There have been a number of former police officers who have been arrested or who are under investigation for being there that day. Uh, of course, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot and killed inside the Capitol as she tried to storm through a door. Uh, she was a 14-year uh, Air Force veteran, I believe. And it's not just military and, and 
you know, it's 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 FBI, it's the the Border Patrol, which is very very Trumpy. There's no easy answer, but if you don't if you don't believe in democracy, if you don't believe in abiding by the results of a free and fair election, or if you are so deluded you think a free and fair election was stolen from your preferred candidate and that you're willing to participate in an insurrection because of that, you should not be in any public service role of any kind whatsoever, especially one that requires you to carry a weapon. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, um, I actually, uh, I know of a policeman who I am was used to be friends with on uh, Facebook who just actually through the martial arts community, you've never actually met in person, but this guy was a, was a Chicago, uh, a Chicago cop. He's a sort of, <laughs> he's gone full on deranged Trump conspiracy theorist. And, um, you know, has, has a bit genuinely believes that they're kind of like a battle of pedophiles in the democratic party and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, uh, you know, and Trump has been sent there to kind of, uh, uh, to clean up and, um, uh, he's going to sort of, uh, he, you know, he's never going to let uh, Biden take over. He, you know, something's going to happen uh, before inauguration, and everything will be fine. And he, he, Trump will be revealed as this kind of great savior. And I don't think that he is sort of uh, an anomaly in um, in Chicago and amongst his sort of peers. That he, you know, he he had a radio show for a while. I have other policemen on. I think that these views, these rabid pro-Trump views are quite prevalent in police departments around the country uh, and law enforcement. So I, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a really, really, really big problem. And I don't know how um, this gets resolved. I think it's, it's, it's incredibly challenging and it's very worrying that, that the country is basically, you know, uh, and we've discussed this before, but it's sort of in a sort of pre-fascist state at the moment right where um all of this stuff is actually sort of quite popular which is you know that the, the, the police don't seem to bat an eyelid they don't seem to think there's anything wrong with trump's behavior in what you've got to really really be concerned about a society that thinks that donald trump is okay you know that thinks that he, that, that behavior is fine and, and that's what's always troubled me so much is how much of the you know the FBI and the police departments and all the people on the border and have normalised this guy, right? I mean, let alone the political, let alone the political establishment and the media that was all that was virulently right wing anyway. He, Trump Trump has been normalised across vast sectors of of um, the population, uh, and and that is alarming that is incredibly alarming and i don't know how you get out of this one like it's 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 not good it really isn't good at all and i think that uh you know i don't envy the the biden administration coming in they've got some very serious problems to 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 worry about absolutely and and we have numbers on this just uh, today we're recording on a friday you came out with its most recent and i believe last poll during the Trump administration. The good news is Trump's approval rating plummeted. The bad news is it's down to 29%, as in 29% of Americans still approve of the job Trump is doing. And when you look at the Republican voters in this survey, there are some problems here. 
44% of respondents who are Republican or lean Republican say Trump's conduct since the election has been excellent or good. 46% say Trump bears no responsibility for the violence and destruction at the Capitol. 64% say that Trump definitely or probably won the 2020 election. So almost two-thirds of one of the two major parties in the United States thinks that the election was rigged. That is bad. That is so hard to, because what can Joe Biden do to rectify that? Those people, like a good chunk of them, at least most of them, there is nothing you can say to them that would get them to stop believing in that conspiracy theory. There's absolutely nothing because they, they're just gone. Like they're gone. Yes, they're absolutely gone. Uh, thank you. That that's the word I was looking for. And my, my wife is, is friends on Facebook with, um, I mean, she's, she's got a friend of hers, but her, her brother who she also follows on Facebook, he's into the QAnon stuff and the kinds of things that he posts are just insane. It, it just absolutely, they think that, for example, the National Guard, the up to 25,000 National Guardsmen that are going to be stationed in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration, they're not there to protect against a another Trumper riot, but they're actually there because Trump is going to declare martial law and there are going to be show trials and executions. That's what many of them are are believing here. That's that's where they are. Now, does this 64% number, do they all believe that? No. But the fact that 64% of Republicans think that Trump won the election because they saw some Facebook posts or Twitter posts because their president has lied to them. But the president, by the way, still has not conceded the election. He never said, I concede. He's never said, I actually lost the election. He didn't say any of those things. And when you're a cult leader like he is, what you say is gospel. A lot of these people will believe what Trump says if it contradicts like their most deeply held religious beliefs. No, no question about it. But yeah, and, and then they'll believe him if he contradicts himself as well. I mean, it doesn't matter what you know. He, he'll say one thing one minute, and then he'll say something. You know, he'll, he'll completely contradict himself the next. And both of those statements are true. Both of those statements mm-hmm. must be true. They say, well, which one is it? And you know, uh, I mean, if you want to really you confuse a Trump supporter. You know, you can take two quotes from Trump that are completely directly opposed and ask them which one is true. Because I, I and I, and I, it's probably, that's how you, you, you cause an aneurysm in a Trump supporter because they, they will take both of those statements to be true. Whatever he says about anything. And it's fucking scary. It really is. It really is. So I don't know what the answer is. Well, since we're on the subject of uh, conspiracy theories, before we go, can we... Talk about the the freak out within a certain subsection of the – well, I won't call them left. I don't regard them as left or liberal in any way. But you know who I'm talking – I'm talking about the Glenn Greenwalds and the Matt Taibis who are having an absolute freak out at the fact that, for example, Facebook has suspended Donald Trump indefinitely, that Twitter has permanently suspended Donald Trump – the fact that you have all of these QAnon accounts that are being purged from social media. They're having a freak out about this. So Greenwald, as we noted last week, he had been basically mocking 
people like us who were warning about potential unrest mm. after the election by Trumpers who want to avenge their cult leader's stolen election. And so when, when it actually happened, he had nothing to, Greenwald had nothing to say about that. He had no, no, oh, whoops, my bad, I was wrong. No, 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 no. He immediately turned it into, because after the insurrection, of course, that's when Trump gets permanently banned from Twitter and he gets you know banned from Facebook for however long. Greenwald then turns it into about how big tech is tyrannical, right? The real tyranny here, it's, it's not the people who stormed the Capitol, you know, in a deadly insurrection who wanted to install a dictator. No, no, no. That's not the real tyranny. The real tyranny is the social media platforms that are kicking off Trump and all these crazy QAnon people spreading rumors and making threats to elected officials and and people who don't support Trump. No, 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 no. That's the real tyranny here. And that's been Greenwald. Greenwald's that's been his kick lately. Like and Taibbi as well. And you know, they're smart enough not to say that this is a first amendment issue because of course it's not. It's not. You don't have a first amendment right to be on Twitter. Like the first amendment applies to government restrictions on speech, not private entities. But they're just they're just talking about censorship and do you really want big tech to be making these decisions? Look, big tech is a problem. I think these yeah. companies, a lot of them, they helped bring this about. They are in large part responsible for why we are at why we're where we're at right now. And if they're engaged in monopolistic behavior, then look, let's look into that and let's break them up. But they're for, private platforms. If, they're private platforms. They're, they're if, private yeah. platforms, but if but but so the reason to go after them isn't because they are purging their platforms of dangerous nut jobs. That's just not it. And I just think it's a really weird hill to plant your flag on. I mean, I wonder what Greenwald and Toby would think if somebody, you know, let's say um, hypothetically speaking, you know, kept publishing their addresses. You know, there was a whole movement dedicated to publishing the home address of Glenn Greenwald and Matt Tybee. Right, and spreading conspiracies about them, you know, running a sort of global, you know, um, child slavery or sex trafficking ring, right? Um, and then, you know, uh, let's see how keen they would be on giving these people freedom of speech. It's, I think, it's all when it's all hypothetical, when it when it doesn't affect you, right? When it doesn't mean, you know, that there are no real ramifications for your own personal safety. Uh, then it's quite easy to take to take these opinions, or when you're rich, right? When you have means to 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 protect yourselves, you know this stuff is is you know it can be quite hypothetical, but th these things have real world consequences, right? The fact is, if you start publishing people's addresses online, if you start spreading demented conspiracy theories about them running, you know. Uh, child trafficking rings and being paedophiles and this kind of stuff that has real world consequences that means that you know the government um that you know you could be in the session in congress and you could get a crowd thousands of deranged white nationalists trying to come and kill you right which is exactly what happened and and again, this is not it's not free like as you say, it's not freedom of speech. Like you don't have freedom of speech on Twitter or on Facebook. You don't. You sign up for they they have a terms of service that you sign up for, uh, and it's pretty explicit, 
right, about what you can and can't publish. And if you break those terms, then they can kick you off. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it, these are private companies. Yep. It, it, I mean, it's amazing that they're they're sort of crying about censorship, and they're also crying about censorship on Fox News and on Newsmax, and you know, on One American Network, whatever it's called, um, and on Breitbart. Yeah, you have the right to say what you want, wherever you want, right? But the the person hosting doesn't, you know, like it's like Parler. Parler got booted off um, Amazon's web service. And the app stores. Yeah, and, and they're moaning about it. And, oh, no, it's you know, censorship. And it's like, no, go, you know, do it yourself. Host it yourself. They were given yeah. fair warning by Google and Apple's app stores and by Amazon Web Services to clean up their act. And they didn't do it. It's still, Parler was, I mean, they're virtually non-functional right now at the moment. But it just a a wasteland of racist, violent posts. And I'm sorry, if that's the type of stuff that you're going to have up on your platform, like, yeah, maybe you have a right to do it, but you don't have a right to be using Amazon Web Services. You don't have a right to be in the App Store. Like, you, you just don't. Or Simon and Schuster, they they canceled the publication of Josh Hawley's book. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, who participated in that ridiculous effort to overturn the election mm. on January sixth, that both before and after the insurrection, even after the insurrection, Josh Hawley objected to the the election results, and Simon and Schuster said no, yeah. and Josh Hawley said he, this violates his First Amendment rights. No, it doesn't. It does not at all. Josh Hawley went to Yale Law School. He knows better. He knows that he has no right to be published by Simon and Schuster. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And again, these these big tech platforms, yeah, they have way too much influence in our society. But if they want to purge their platforms of dangerous, racist lunatics, I am all for that. I I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Um but look, I think on that note, we should uh, we should actually let's leave it on a positive note. Uh, just heard today that the NRA is filing for bankruptcy, so mm. this is great news. Let's uh, let it let's let's leave that leave on that note. Um, I'm sure they're going to reincorporate. I think they're going to reincorporate somewhere uh, in Texas, I would imagine, but with drastically less power, drastically less money. Uh, the NRA is is uh, in serious trouble. So this is again, this is this is more good news. So for everybody listening. Be positive, wear a mask, stay inside, don't go out anywhere. I'm in London at the moment and it's absolutely terrible over here. So uh, I would highly recommend, um, if you can, like not doing anything, not going outside, not risking anything at the moment because we are on the cusp of, uh, you know, things turning around. Um, I think, you know, people being vaccinated. My brother was, my brother's a doctor, he was vaccinated. Um, uh, My neighbours were vaccinated here in London. Uh, Mike, I think you know people who've been vaccinated too. My wife just received her second shot. So, you know, we've got a way out of this madness. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it on that. I have more good news. What's the good news? More good news. Next time we record, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump will be ex-president. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, listen, everybody, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please um, uh, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. You can also become a Bantam member. You can get 50% off if you click the very nice red button below on the email. 
Um, and you can read all of our premium articles and mask up, stay safe, and we will see you next week.